Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business topics, trends, innovation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet an entrepreneur with a wealth of experience spanning multiple sectors, including startups and scale-ups for over 20 years, a dedicated, enthusiastic, results-oriented, and forward-thinking businesswoman with expertise in digital transformation, strategy, product management, architecture, and management as a whole. We welcome Amrit. She's a founder, and she's got multiple roles across being a digital officer, chief digital officer, product executive, business and a mentor. Welcome Amrit, how are you doing today? Thank you, thank you so much, Stephen. Um, and thank you for having me here. I'm doing good, thank you. Wonderful. Amrit, um, tell us where you're based. Um, so I'm actually based in London. I was born and raised in London. Um, I also have a Portuguese citizenship as well. So um, managed to get that just before Brexit. So uh, yeah, and also my work takes me globally. But yeah, my, my hub is London. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And do you, seeing that you are a Portuguese citizen and obviously an EU resident, do you travel to Portugal at all often? Do I do um, to get away from London? Firstly, <laughs> sometimes you want better <laughs> weather, don't you? So that takes me across over to Portugal, and it's not far either. So, um, and and my work, the way it's based, you know, I, I can actually work from anywhere. So uh, yeah, I have best of both worlds, I guess. Yeah, it's I I I'm I'm actually envious of you, um, Amrit, because I do have a few friends in Portugal, and they do say that they they spend a lot of time and they they able to work as well from uh, they they live in Algarve, and they are able to work from there and um, and with now the last two three years we have been full on on digital Zoom and virtual working is um, is is a, is, a, is a norm these days. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the pandemic has kind of, you know, pushed more people into that direction, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Amrit, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, your journey until where you've, uh, where, where, until where you've reached now, personal and, and inside a little bit of a, about your per- professional journey as well. Sure. So, um, well, professionally, I guess I'll start with um, uh, my degree. I graduated as an economist. Um don't ask me why, because I think it was, um, I, I don't, I'm sure there's lots of people who face this um, same dilemma um, in terms of not knowing what to do. Um, I actually, when I was really young, um, I wanted to go down the legal path and become a lawyer. Mm. Um, but what, when I was very young, one of my teachers kind of said to my parents at a parents evening, um, yeah, law, I'm not really sure, you know, I, I don't think there's much money in it, it's a lot of hard work, um, you know, she's very creative, maybe try and take her down a different path. Um, and after that, I had no idea what I wanted to do, so that kind of stuck with me, and I actually didn't pursue the legal field. And um, as a result of that, I was going through the education system, actually not knowing what I wanted to do next. Um, so after my GCSEs, I was like, right, what do I do for A-levels? 
Um, and at that point, I think I just picked, like I really wanted to do psychology and, you know, I was really interested in sort of learning about the mind and um, social psychology. And, um, and then, so I picked that as an A-level and then um, I picked business because, you know, I've always thought about business and also the versatility of studying something that can be um, used across many disciplines. Um, and I also wanted to do economics um, and I couldn't do business and economics together. Uh, it was a rule of the, uh, the college I was at. Um, so I had to choose one or the other. I chose business um, and I also chose mathematics. So uh, I finished my A-levels and again, I was like, now what, what do I do now? So um, because I didn't get to do economics at A-level, I just chose to do economics as a degree. So that's how, that's how my choice began with uh, the education system. Um, I graduated as an economist um, and again, I was like, now what? So um, I tried teaching. So I started teaching English and maths in a private school. I didn't like it. Um, I knew there was something more to this. Um, I tried accounting, um, and no offense to any accountants, I got very bored very quickly. Um, I tried, I worked at local councils, um, doing various different roles, admin, I worked in education, um, but there was just something missing. And then I got a phone call about a um, IT job. And I thought, wow, IT, I've never thought about that. Um, I mean, I know how to use a computer, so um, why don't I try? And I do help people in the offices wherever I've worked with like tech stuff. So I thought this can't be too bad, although it's a completely different thing to what I've graduated in. Um, so I went along to this interview and it was actually a course with a guaranteed job at the end. Um, and me being me, I signed up for it. Um, a week later, I thought, what have I done? This is like IT is just too different. Like I should be sticking to something more around the, the world of economy. Um, but it was too late for me to cancel and cost me a lot of money. So <laughs> I actually had to, well, I sometimes call it a mistake or you can call it by chance. Um, I then did some exams. Um, so I was getting the theory. Um, I trained all the way up to CCNA. And then I thought, um, I've got the theory, but I don't have any practical experience. And this is a whole new field. Should I wait for the guaranteed job? Because that could take another, you know, six to eight months. Or should I start making my money back sooner uh, and start finding my own work? Um, at which point I interviewed with Western Union. Um, and that ended up becoming, you know, a really pivotal point in my um, career. Um, I started off just logging calls. And that was my first IT job. And I absolutely loved it. And I thought, wow, I found, finally found something that I really enjoy doing. And I think it was because it was helping people. And to be able to see um, that you've been able to fix a problem for someone, I think became like the thing I love doing. So um, I was at Western Union for eight years. And um, through that journey, you know, I ended up managing the entire tech team by the end of it. Um, and then at which point I took a voluntary redundancy. And then I knew that I wanted to work in the field of IT, um, whether it be management or something more technical. Um, but a lot of the roles that followed that were quite technical. So, um, you know, I ended up working for a central government. I worked for the cabinet office, uh, for the Ministry of Justice. Um, I also worked for a logistics company. So I was, every time I was going into the organizations, um, 
trying to fix a problem. So for example, they would have like a backlog of calls to get through and they, they just didn't know where to start. Um, either the team wasn't um, performing well. So I found that I really loved doing that is going into organizations and fixing problems. But that also meant that once I'd fixed the problem, <laughs> I was like, now what? And that kind of pushed me into the next role. Um, so that got me into so the world of consulting and IT contracting. And I thought, well, that would be perfect because I can go in, I can do the job, I can fix the problem, and then I can move on to the next. Um, and it keeps my uh, career very exciting that way. So I ended up working um, with Samsung on an IoT project for connected cars. Um, I also founded my own health tech um, just during COVID. Um, and also I'm working in the fintech industry now as well. So I've had a lot of like different experiences professionally. Um, and I think some of the things personally have shaped me into this journey as well. Um, I remember my grandmother saying to me after I'd finished my GCSEs, you don't need to work, you don't need to study anymore. Um, you know, just learn to cook and, and we're going to marry you off. <laughs> no, I can't do this. Like I need to do something else. Like uh, this is no, I'm too young. I don't know what I want to do yet. So um, I think that kind of pushed me down the education path and, you know, just keep studying until, um, yeah, until I'm ready to get married, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, I've had a really exciting career so far. I can't complain at all. Yeah, and and um, we'll, we'll we'll come into the the areas of uh, professional expertise and what you're doing now. But uh, you know, as you were describing all of this, I'm just hearing open-minded, progressive. Um, you're determined, and you want to experiment, and you want to um, you you want to understand where your 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 passions lay and you are gaining a lot more insight through different roles and you know with 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 all of those diverse experiences amrit tell me what was your you know what what are some of the learnings or you know the wisdoms that you can actually reflect on over the years <laughs> as you well, as you move from one role to the other yeah i think um for me um i do like to take a little bit of risk so um, I'm not afraid of sort of jumping into the deep end. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle because they're too afraid to move from what they find is their comfort zone. Um, and what I've found is that it really excites me to move into something new and exciting. And it's not necessarily that I've got all the um, experience or knowledge in the world, but I can learn it. And I think um, that's one thing that I found with a lot of teams that I've also managed as well. Um, you know, some people in the teams have sort of complained about the role or complained about the job they're in, but then have done nothing to move from it. Yeah. Um, and I always said to them uh, as, a, as a team leader, as a manager, um, you know, don't sit there if you don't like it. You know, you spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of hours in your day working. And if you don't enjoy it, what's the point? You know, you'll take that same um, misery back home and that might affect your home life um, or vice versa. So you kind of want to make sure that whatever you're doing in terms of your career or your role, it's actually exciting you. Um, yeah, because a lot of people stay um, stuck in jobs and roles, even though they don't like them. And that also affects their productivity. 
So um, alongside sort of managing um, teams, I've tried to mentor them this way as well. Um, and it's not easy to do. Um, I, I know like some people will look at me and think, oh, you know, you make it look so easy, but it's not. There are, sometimes I make the wrong decision. Sometimes I go into roles or, you know, um, even some of the startups that I founded um, haven't actually been the right thing for me. Um, or I think I know what I want to do and I start putting a little bit of money into it only to find that actually I don't want to do it anymore or, um, you know, it's, I'm not quite ready to do this yet because something else has come. Um, so I've, I've also chopped and changed a few times and, and I try and like mentor teams and, you know, you, you have to take a little bit of risk. Um, there's some people, for example, I moved from uh, permanent employment into contracting. And the reason I did that was because I wanted that variety of work and, you know, I wanted those challenges and I wanted to keep things exciting. But other people find that move very difficult um, because they, the security of a permanent job um, is, means more to them than, you know, doing something more risky or, or more exciting. Um, but the trouble with that is, as we've seen in a lot of industries, you know, redundancies happen, uh, companies close down. Um, teams are sort of downsized. Um, there's no career progression in some circumstances as well. Um, so I had always advised people to take a little bit of risk. Um, at the end of the day, it's the majority of the hours in your day that you spend working. So why not enjoy it? Yeah, it's you're absolutely right. And and you know you you hit upon quite a few points there. And 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 it's that difference between that fixed mindset and growth mindset and you also mentioned about um you know contract work or interim work or consulting gigs versus um you know permanent you know permanent type of um uh, you know conditions in my in my view i'm right i think i think it's safe to say that there isn't anything called permanent jobs anymore you know you might have a contract that actually just says that it's it's permanent but but really you know at any point the company might go through shifts and you might be out of a job Absolutely. so you, you know it's in your interests as well to to look at it more broadly and be entrepreneurial in in in, in any way possible and 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 look at opportunities um to become value adding as well yeah yeah and i think um covid has somewhat you know shifted people's mindsets as well in this way um i've seen a lot more people sort of leave permanent jobs um and actually start you know go down the entrepreneurial journey um because they want to do something for themselves and they've had that taste of you know uh, working from home for example or um being able to do a side hustle and, and with you know costs of living going up um every day you know hearing something new and and bills are rising and all the rest and i think there's that fear um so a lot of people are not only just doing permanent jobs but they're also focusing on side hustles or small businesses yeah. on the side that can also supplement their incomes and and help support them um, and some of these people have you know taken these side hustles into their their mainstream of income and, and work and they've given up the nine to five job per se yeah. um, and which i think is really exciting um, but i've also noticed there's a lot of coaches that have popped up <laughs> so yeah yeah everywhere i'm seeing you know since the pandemic a lot of people have become a coach yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's true it's, it's true 
Yeah, no, it's true. So let's let, let, let's talk about um, you know the professional aspects and the expertise you mentioned about um, starting your own company, health uh, health tech. You're involved in fintech. You're you know you're you're part of the startup startup hub. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about these ventures and where your specific focus and expertise is. Yeah, so um, the Startup Hub actually came as a result of um, me helping friends and family um, and also, you know, friends of friends um, with ideas that they had. Um, so I, because I started to mentor friends and, and family, um, this sort of became slightly bigger and I thought actually there's a lot of people out there who need some help and support. So for example, if we just take um, all the people from the pandemic that have come out and lost their jobs and then you know have started the entrepreneurial journey they don't necessarily have the support um around them to help them navigate the you know the, the business world um and that's where i thought actually i can help them because not only um can i help mentor them but i also have a huge network of professionals that i personally work with who i think everyone could benefit from so why not you know um, help everyone out so professionals as well as you know early entrepreneurs um and that's sort of how the startups hub came out because um i mean i have a mentor of my own uh, not that i was looking for anybody but um you know just with time um this particular person became my mentor um, and that's like completely changed my career path as well. Uh, the opportunities I've had as a result, um, the confidence I've built over time as well. I mean, if I just go back to when I first started my IT um, journey, in my first job, I remember uh, people calling in um, looking for IT support. And because I would answer the phone, they'd think they'd reached the wrong department because <laughs> women in IT just weren't, you know, it wasn't very popular at that time. And, and um, so I, I just think, you know, my confidence has definitely built over time where I thought, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't speak up in meetings, you know, I'm surrounded by some really technical people who have a lot of experience and, and you know, and it's a male dominated environment still. Um, but, you know, having the right mentor, I think, really helps to um, build that confidence and and you've got somebody to support you throughout your journey and somebody you can bounce ideas off, ask questions to. And I think that's really important. So that's one of the other reasons why the Startups Hub was born as well. Um, I'm actually doing this alongside my mentor. We've co-founded it. Um, because we we believe we can help people avoid making those costly mistakes. Um, again, like I said, the professional network around it. So whether that's a legal advice or tax advice, accounting, marketing, branding, tech, you know, whatever, um, you name it. Anything that um, all the touch points you have as as a as a business as a startup, that's where we help you. Um, but I've also um, started. Um, working with the Global Women Club. Um, and I think there's um, a lot of women who are sort of experiencing the same thing I did when I first started my journey. So um, I'm trying to help them through this as well. So I'm actually going to launch my own networking event um, in July this year. Um, again, just helping people. And I think that's, that's what I love doing. Um, it's not about money for me. It's actually about being able to you know, help and support someone and seeing them succeed. Um, so, and the startups have really helps with that. Yeah, and and Amrit, so so you 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 know you 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 take um, 
new businesses or existing businesses that are looking to get insights on their business, their, their, their new venture um, through different areas. You mentioned quite a few domains there. So if, 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 I'm, a, uh, if I'm a business or uh, an individual that's looking to leverage startup hubs or your expertise as a professional, how would a conversation between you and I sound like? Well, um, firstly, we'd, we'd try and understand where you are in the journey. Um, so if you are just starting out, um, you know, there's a lot more involved um, in terms of understanding, you know, uh, what exactly is the problem and what's your solution around that? Um, how, how is the future of, say, for example, tech going to affect that? Um, do you have a team? Do you have like co-founders, for example? Do you need more support uh, from resources? Um, have you set up your company? Do you need legal advice? So we, we kind of understand where you are on your journey. Um, if, for example, you are very early stage, we'll also go through like, um, like a business model canvas just to start to get you to think about areas that you might not have thought about. Um, and then we hold your hand through that journey. So we'll have regular catch ups with you. Um, that could be on a weekly basis, that could be on a monthly basis. It all depends on uh, your time frame and your availability. And then we'll go through um, each week and just make sure you're progressing. Um, you've kind of got a roadmap in terms of, you know, where you're heading. Uh, you put some time against that so you know what you're working towards. Um, and then we, as we go along the journey, you know, where we need to do introductions with other people, that's where we'll get those people involved. Um, and similarly, if you are, if you are already an existing um, startup and you're looking to scale up, we then help you, whether it's like investment you're after, um, or whether it's just some additional support or, or um, you know, a mentor even. Uh, we kind of help you through that journey and, and help you avoid costly mistakes because, you know, we've been there, done that, and yeah, it, it can really leave a dent. Um, and also a startup journey um, or any business journey is actually, it's not a straight line. It's, it's, there's a lot of changes that happen and some you've, you know, um, preempted and others that just come out of nowhere and blindside you. Um, and that can really um, affect your mindset, it can, it can affect the way you're feeling, um, but it's just making sure you've got that support there, that you've got somebody to ask, you've got somebody to help you, you know, um, I'll call it a dark zone, to help you out of that dark zone, um, give you ideas and suggestions on how that, you, know, you can move forward from things. Um, so yeah, we help people along all the way along that journey um just so that they have that you know if i had somebody when i started some of my businesses that that i could just pick up the phone to or drop a message to and say look i need some advice if you've got five ten minutes for a catch-up you know i would totally have taken advantage of that and that's what we're trying to do is be the you know that team that helps yeah and and um so this is so in summary basically you have a framework that you share that you leverage uh with uh with with, with potential uh business leaders who are starting up uh, but you also help connect them and you mentioned about investments and so forth so that's these are these are pretty big items and you're right i mean like people who are actually starting out or even in in businesses network is very important yeah. moving from one inflection point to another inflection point is 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 
is, is challenging because every inf growth inflection point within a business is, uh, you know, it's got it's got its own, um, you know, challenging attributes. So, with somebody who has gone through this, like yourself, you would be able to share a lot of that that experience, but also help connect with other people who might be able to give some specialized information. So that's that's wonderful. You mentioned about Amr, you mentioned about um, you know Global Women Club, you, and you mentioned it's you're, you're launching that. Tell us a little bit more about that. So yeah, so um, the Global Women Club um, actually exists already. So uh, what I'm doing is opening up a club in Windsor. Okay. Um, so there's already um, a couple of clubs in the, the UK already. So there's one in Birmingham, in Richmond, in Notting Hill. Um, and in July, I'm going to be launching the Windsor Club. Um, so I came across um, this club like uh, just before COVID. And um, I really wanted to sort of kind of go to a networking event just to kind of see what happened. You know, I wasn't being an introvert. Um, it, you know, I always found it hard to like engage in like conversations or just go up to people and speak to them or, you know, I used to see other people do it. I'm like, why can't I do that? Um, and so I thought, okay, let me, this might be a safer environment for me to try because I've always been in a male dominated environment. And so this was a club with women. And I thought, actually, this will be quite interesting, um, you know, because there will be help and support that I need. And also if anybody else there needs the support, I'm there too. Um, and I went along to one face-to-face -face meeting. And I thought, oh, wow, this is really good because the club actually helps um, everyone raise their game. Uh, it's not about competing. It's actually about helping and supporting everyone, which, you know, totally resonates with me. Um, but then it happened and the face-to-face -face meeting stopped <laughs> so I was like oh uh, you know this has all changed am I going to go back are they ever going to have another event because they started to do virtual events um, and although some virtual events can be really good um, I just found that the face-to-face -face element was really important um, and being able to speak to someone um, you know see them yeah, see them in reality as opposed to in uh, on a screen somewhere um, actually makes a huge difference. So um, as soon as these clubs started again, I started to go to more of these events and I just found it really, really interesting. Um, and I thought, well, why not do the same um, in a local surrounding area for me? Uh, well, the idea was actually, I wanted to open up a club in the Middle East. So um, I'm working quite a lot in the Middle East as well. Um, and there, women empowerment is like sort of upcoming and it's, um, you know, their laws are changing. And I thought they, it would be a really ideal thing to have a network of this kind out there to help support women. Um, and then I thought, well, before I launch there, let me launch locally, make sure, you know, I fully understand the logistics and everything involved. Uh, and the idea is to eventually open up some clubs in the Middle East as well. Yeah. Amrit, you know, the, the topic of diversity and one part of it is gender. Mm -hmm. um, and we talk about women here as well. It's such an important topic these days. So, um, you know, I commend you for, for all the things that you're doing in terms of, you know, building and enabling women uh, from a business perspective, but I'm, I'm sure on a personal level as well through the, through the club. Yeah, thank you. So, um, let's talk about you as well now so are you able to share any uh, any any leadership lessons that you've learned along the way um, that's benefited others i know you talked about how you've journeyed professionally 
but any any leadership lessons that you've uh, that you've learned that you can share with um, would be would, would be great to hear sure sure um so i think um along my journey um in my career um whilst i've been managing teams um i've always I've always seen one thing when I go in to fix a problem for an organization, um, it's normally around the productivity of the team. So there might be like a huge backlog and, you know, the team feel like it's a mountain to climb and the environment is very stressful or very fast paced. Um, and managers come in and it's like, you know, um, very military style, we've got to do this, 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 this. But what I found is that at the end of the day, we're all human. We all have our own struggles um, inside and outside of work. Um, so I've always found it very useful to um, actually connect with the team that I'm managing. Um, I will have one to ones. Um, well, firstly, I'll introduce myself with a one to one with every person as well as a team um, meeting and then also have these regular catch ups with people because things change and they have impacts, you know, um, something might change at home and it might have an impact on your work life. And, and it's just understanding that we are all human. We all go through, um, you know, ups and downs in life. And, and that's what I try and make sure that whatever team I'm leading, um, I understand, you know, where they might be coming from. Um, the danger with that is um, I've noticed like in some places where you know, you end up becoming more like friends than, um, you know, separating that um, the role in terms of the leadership. Um, and that can sometimes get hard, especially when I've wanted to move um, in my career from one job to the next. Um, and I feel sometimes people kind of lean on you or uh, they rely on you to help them. Um, and all of a sudden you're telling them that, you know, you're, you're resigning or you're moving on to something new. Um, and that can become very difficult. So striking that right balance of making sure that your team know that you are approachable, um, they can come and speak to you about things and you will understand. Um, and also understanding that everyone comes from different skill sets. Some people are more confident than others. Um, and to expect everybody to perform exactly the same um, is probably not the right way to approach the situation. Um, and I've always found, you know, um, helping people, understanding where they're coming from, understanding a little bit about their um, personal dynamic as well as their work and their career goals um, really helps to kind of give you a holistic view. Um, and this is this is what has really helped me to be able to fix problems within organizations. It's it's actually getting to the root. It's, it's the people um, because, yeah, once you've got the people on side, productivity will shoot through the roof. Um, and I found that in every role that I've taken. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it can be a very stressful environment and that's what we have to understand. It is all down to the people. And, and, and that's, that's, that's very important. And people, talent, very, very important. And focusing on their strengths, because ultimately that's what really pushes them forward, right? When you, when, when you actually recognize that. Um, tell me, do you do you follow any leaders or or books that you've read that you want to share with uh, with with the audience here? Yeah, I mean, well, I have to admit um, that I'm not a big reader. <laughs> so, um, as in, like you know, I, I won't. My first thing won't be to pick up a book and start reading. 
Um, I've never really got into reading. Um, however, you know, when it comes to learning and when it comes to things I need to know about my jobs or the industry, you know, I will read all sorts of blogs, articles, um, books. Um, so, for example, when I wanted to move um, more into the product space, uh, I was reading a lot more books then. Um, but some of the, well, one of the books that has kind of stuck with me is um, Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Um, and I, you know, I kind of wanted to try and understand what my purpose was, why I'm doing things the way I am, uh, why do I keep chopping and changing, is there something wrong with me, or is it actually um, a, a good thing, or is that what keeps me going? So I found that really important. Um, but also, um, I've started to listen to Stephen Bartlett. Mm -hmm. Um, his diary of a CEO. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying listening to that because he interviews people from various different backgrounds and, and you can just see that it doesn't matter how we perceive people, whether they're in the media or whether they're leaders in their industry or their companies, um, everyone goes through struggles. You know, we, we only see the end point when, you know, the, the visibility is there and uh, the media are talking about them, but the struggles that they actually go through, personal and professional, yeah. um, you know, it just goes to show that we are all the same. Yeah. You know, there's no one person who's a magician who doesn't ever go through a struggle. And I find that really interesting. Yeah, no, wonderful. So what does a day in the life of Amrit look like? A day in the life of Amrit. Um, okay, so my work um, is probably the thing that takes up the majority of my day. Um, and as a result of that, I don't have like a set pattern. I am not the wake up at 5am, meditate, go to the gym. Um, I don't have a routine like that. Um, because sometimes my work keeps me up until like the early hours of the morning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm sleeping at 2, 3 a.m., I'm not going to be getting up at 5. <laughs> so um, my day can start at variable times. And a lot of that depends on the meetings I have as well. Some of them are early in the day. Some of them are much later. And um, I guess because I'm working with the Middle East at the moment um, quite a lot, um, they're two hours ahead. So which means I have to start my day two hours earlier. Um, but also means I can finish my day two hours earlier. So I will still get things in my day in terms of like, you know, taking time out for myself, um, exercising, uh, watching TV, even uh, listening to a podcast. Um, so my own self-development and, and most importantly, meeting my family. So I always make sure that um, no matter how busy I get, that I visit my family, you know, once or twice a week at least. Um, because that's very important to me uh, and also it helps me support them as well um, so yeah I mean like I said I, I don't have like a um, you know a military structure to my day um, I go with the flow and, and I think that's the best way for me it works for me and you know some people can wake up 5 a.m in the morning others can't um, and I think it's okay I think as long as you know what works for you um, and you get the things you need to get done through the day you know, go for it. Yeah, and, and that's the most important thing. It's what works for you. And if that works for you and you've got your barometer to measure that uh, through your outcomes, then very well. Um, so what's, what's the next big business adventure for you? I know you mentioned about your Global Women's Club, but anything else on the horizon? 
Yeah. Um, so I'm actually co-founding a fintech in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I can, uh, I'll eventually be able to say I own my own bank. So that's very exciting. Cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's really exciting. Also, um, I'm helping launch a martial arts app. Um, so I do martial arts in my spare time as well. Um, and it's got, um, it's sort of with the ancient Indian, you know, warrior history. Um, and I think that's also one thing that's kept me sharp and on my toes all the time because um, I'm constantly around um, weapons and, and blades and things. And, you know, at that point it's life and death. So you've got to, you've got to really be on your game for that. And I think that really helps me. Um, so the martial arts app should be launching in July. Um, FinTech should be um, kicking off next month in June. Um, and then I've also, um, I'm launching another business with my sister called Confidence 360. Um, so we're going to be helping people with their um, inner confidence and the mental side of things and the outer. So that could be appearance or styling. Um, and yeah, hope you might see a Netflix series coming out in, in a few years. <laughs> so, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, keep it exciting, right? <laughs> that's 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 amazing. And so I'll definitely want to uh, to, to to bring you back on board here to talk about <laughs> all of these items that you've just talked about here. <laughs> oh, sure. um, all right. Wonderful. OK, well, we're coming to a close very shortly. Uh, but are there any closing messages that you want to share with uh, with the audience here or any challenge to other other leaders uh, that you want to that you want to share um i guess um i keep going uh, the journey gets hard um you know it's not all smooth sailing it's not all you know happy um there are times where things get very difficult uh, you have to make very difficult decisions um, but just keep moving. Uh, the idea is don't get stuck too long in that same mindset or that state, you know, um, move from there. Uh, that's really important. Keep some consistency. Make sure you're, even if you're only doing a little bit a day, do that rather than nothing at all. Um, that will help you sort of shift much quicker. Um, I think the makeup of your team is really important. Um, because in business, um, you know, you could be there for years and years um, and you want to make sure that you've got the right support around you, the right skill sets around you, um, whether that's, you know, at sea level or below, um, you, you need the right team. Um, and one of the things I found, uh, one of the, um, the startups that I launched, uh, one of the, the difficult things was the, the makeup of the co-founding team. And although I was a co-founder, um, I then had to just, um, I had to resign uh, because it was causing, even though the idea was absolutely brilliant, it was um, for a good cause, um, the makeup of the team was actually draining the environment. It, was a very, it became a very toxic environment. So choose your co-founders uh, wisely because they will be with you for a long time. And you, know, you want to make sure that you can support one another. Um, but yeah, I mean, do some research as well. I often find that um, people have an idea and, and I've done this myself and I've just thought, yes, it's a great idea uh, without doing the research. So although I think it's a fantastic idea, is it something that people want? Is it something that people need? Um, yeah, just make sure you do that research and that could be from a user 
perspective, a market perspective, a competitor, um, or even culture, because I work in, you know, different um, countries and, and the culture varies. So, uh, yeah, just make sure you've got that research as well. Words of wisdom from Amrit. Um, thank you very much, Amrit, for being with us today and sharing your story, your journey, and all the exciting things that you're launching, have already launched. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been absolutely great. Wonderful. Okay, folks, uh, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode on board effectiveness whether it's a startup or whether it's an established business and what that means for the board of directors, both at executive level and at the board level. Thank you very much and have